Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Haywood moves, drives on Smith, goes inside, lay and cut. That was an easy one. After he made the first move by Elmore Smith, nobody could stop him. The Denver coach felt Haywood was a natural forward who would score and rebound no matter where he played. Spencer Haywood gave 110%. 20-year-old rookie started living up to his advanced billing. He matured with each game and began to build a banner season. Honors and achievements were numerous. And with me is Spencer Hayward, and it's always a pleasure to spend time. And I'll tell you the reason is um, th- this weekend uh, is the Hall of Fame, uh, in B- uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame ceremonies, and uh, Spencer, you, you're gonna you're gonna be there, aren't you? Of course, as one of the uh, yes, Joe, and thank members. you for having me on your show. But yes, I will be there, and we have two of the players that has uh, that came in under the Spencer Haywood rule, which they haven't named as of yet, which is Kobe Bryant and Kevin Garnett, and their hosts for 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 for. Uh, Kobe is Michael Jordan, and he is also under that under that ruling as well. For for people who may not know what the Spencer Hayward rule is, can you? If we, this is interesting because when I was talking to Spencer <laughs> earlier uh, this week, uh, you absolutely floored me when you said that someone had, and, and you can tell the story. Had had estimated that because of of your that that Supreme Court decision, you may be responsible for over thirty one billion dollars in salaries for NBA players. Did I hear that correctly? You sure did, sir. Well, let me just take your audience back for for a second. In nineteen seventy. You could not come into the NBA before your high school class had graduated, thus meaning that if you were to sit out and didn't go to college, you still couldn't go into the NBA. You couldn't make a living. You had to wait for four years. I felt it was very wrong. I came from a background, even though I was raised in Detroit for a small uh, for a short period of time, I was coming from the cotton fields of Civil City, Mississippi, indentured slavery. So I, my family was picking cotton, chopping cotton, doing all of the field work. My mother had been doing this since she was five years old. Her back had went out, so she was crawling on the ground just trying to pick cotton, trying to ink out a living. And so here I am making... I had just came back from the Olympics, was the MVP in the Olympics at age 19, went back to the University of Detroit, became the outstanding college player of the year, had played one year in the ABA where I was the MVP and the rookie of the year, leading scorer, leading rebounder. And for your audience, we're not talking about, uh, you know, getting 10 points in 10-10. I was getting average averages for that year. 30 points, 20 rebounds. And here they are saying, no, you cannot make any money for yourself. So, uh, But the universities was making all hand over 
you know, hand over foot. Uh, everybody was making money, and I, my family is starving. So I just decided, lo and behold, I'm going to try this. I'm going to see if I can just challenge the NBA in this four-year rule. And I spoke to Wilt Chamberlain, and he said, what are you, you're crazy? <laughs> I left in, I left Kansas and went to the Globetrotters before I challenged that rule, and other players said the same. But I said, I'm from Mississippi. I don't know any better. So I'm going, <laughs> so I'm going to challenge it. And I challenged it for the right to play. And that case worked its way all the way through to the Supreme Court in front of Thurgood Marshall. And he handed down the decision saying under the Sherman Antitrust Act that you cannot stop an American from making a living, which meant that I was able to play. But before that, he did make statements such as in hockey, baseball, Tennis, mm-hmm. tiddlywink, whatever else you play in. But my two revenue sports, what the NC2A and, and the NBA was arguing, my two revenue sports, uh, you got to stay for four years. He says, because, you like know, you, you, let, to me. you know, we could add another sports, Spencer Hayward, and that's like golf, too. I mean, golf, I mean, all of them. Yeah. Everyone, but the only two revenue sports, which meant. You know, be, me being an old cotton picker, uh, <laughs> the only two slave sports where, you, where you, they were making a lot of money. The coaches was making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now they're making $10 million a year coaching. The players can't get a hamburger. They have no health insurance. They have nothing. And they're at the will of, of, the, of, the, of the school. So that's quite unfair. And it's This brings me to a current event, uh, and that is, what's your opinion about the law in Georgia that has made news that would redistribute as much as 75% of college athletes' earnings from endorsements? Oh, you must. You must. I mean, look, <laughs> the coaches... It's making endorsements. The Cowboys making endorsements. Everybody's getting paid when you're in a and you're in a college town. Everybody gets paid except the talent on the floor. It's terribly unfair. And so when I said Joe earlier to answer your question about the thirty-one billion dollars in player revenue from 1970 to what we have today, and and now think about it. A guy like LeBron James, he had four extra years on his playing career at $50 million a year. That's $200 million. And he got four extra years on his playing legs. He got extra four extra years on his stats. And then they say, well, Spence, you know, I, I don't know about the rule, man. I don't know what's going on. What did that rule mean? The rule mean you will have the opportunity to go and play and make a living. And so, and you just go all the way back to Julius Irving, all the way back to George Gervin, all the way back to Moses Malone, and all of these players over the last 50 years has came in under this rule, and the rule is not named after the person that the rule is about. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, I, 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 I was telling people, you know, I plan to get uh, Spencer on the show, 
and uh, someone said, you know, I, yeah, I think I've heard of him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know, you, you know, it's, yeah, it's, know. yeah, but, you, but the reality is, you know, the reality is how many, well, this is a question, Spencer Hayward, you, I wonder how many of the young players today uh, really know the history and the and the legal battles that you went through, and 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 you know talk about that because this wasn't a a, a, a walk in the park for you, was it? Oh no no. Now when I filed suit for the rights to play, they allowed me on the floor for ten games, and I played under. Um, Hard scrutiny because I was an illegal player. I wasn't in the union. I wasn't a member of the NBA. And then the second time, they reached out and got an injunction, but they would allow me to walk on the floor. And I walked on the floor, and they said, ladies and gentlemen, we have an illegal player on the floor, and we have an injunction. He must be escorted off the floor. And whoa, whoa, wait. This, wait a minute. This was an announcement that was made in the arena before the game? Every game. And so I went into the locker room, and they, and they served me on the floor, but I read the, the, the injunction. It was a 10-day injunction, 10-game injunction. Then I get it after my 10 days were up, I would get an injunction to play. And once I walked on the floor, they would say, ladies and gentlemen, this game is played under protest because we have an illegal player on the floor. And they would play the game, but the game supposedly didn't count. In the meantime, I was playing against Chicago, against the Chicago Bulls and Hall of Famer Chet Walker, playing that he twisted his ankle while I was warming up. And the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls, sued me for $600,000 for being on the floor because the union, the old players didn't, didn't, didn't support me either because they were told by the owners that these young players are going to drive you out of the league. So all of the classic old players that you hear in the hall of fame, they said, no way we're not going to support Spencer. And so it's that kind of thing. So later on, I got another, they got another injunction and they threw me out and put me on the bus. And then I waited another 10 days, and I got an injunction. And then they usurped my other injunction, and they had me playing against Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Royals. And they said, ladies and gentlemen, we got him this evening. And he must be escorted off the grounds in which this arena sat on. So I'm standing out there in the snow at 20 years old, freezing my tail off, saying, what have I gotten myself into? And I remember Kurt Flood said, <laughs> Kurt Flood said, oh, you're too young to be doing this, because Kurt Flood was there at the Supreme Court fighting for baseball free agency. And when he won his case, which he didn't want, they, they nulled his case and they gave it to Andy Musselsmith, who is a white guy. That's the name on, this, on the ruling. And so when I finished my case, I ended up with Larry Bird name on my rule. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's the 
Larry Bird rule. Larry Bird came in under under the Spencer Haywood rule. How did he get the rule? And I don't have the rule. So, therefore, to answer your question about the players, do they know me? I would suspect maybe 10. Maybe 10 out of the 475 or 480. And why it's like that? Because they have named this rule many things. You know, you can't go up against us. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ostracize you for years and years. It took me 25, 27 years to get into the Hall of Fame with my stats. With and your then, stats, and when and I'm you know, and I'm sitting here looking at like you said at these uh, at at these stats. It's it's just absolute for people that don't know. I mean, retired from the NBA, total of 14,592 14, career points, seven thousand thirty eight rebounds. Um, and, 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 you know, hardly, I mean, it's not even, even close. What, let, let me, let, now, now, uh, this, this period of time that you were going through all of this, uh, how many, how many years did it take from the time you filed the, the, uh, lawsuit, the antitrust lawsuit, um, how many years did it take to, to make its way to the Supreme Court? It made it for that year. It took us about a year, and we finished it off less than a year because I was trying to play in between it all with the injunctions to play. Yeah. So, were you so now? Were you getting? Were you getting compensated? Were you getting paid? Yeah, I got paid by the Sonics. The Seattle SuperSonics did make payment and also made restitution for. Uh, the legal expense, which was expensive as hell at that time, I think it was $1.6 million in 1970, because yeah. we had Governor Pat Brown, we had all of the big big wigs were really taking on this particular case. Frank Rothman, uh, it was just a huge case. And, yeah. and the NC2A was like, are we going to be destroyed by this man? This man has destroyed our income. Oh, no, we can't say income. But anyway, <laughs> they're supposed <laughs> yeah, to be nonprofit. Yeah. Right, that's so right. When I that's won the case, yeah. Check this out, Joe. When I won the case, I'm thinking, whoa, man, my name is on my ruling. Finally, they'll know who I am. No, we're going to call this rule the hardship. And then that's we argue for years right. about the hardship. Like, what do you call it the hardship for? All right, we're going to call it, we'll call it now, we'll call it early entry. What about my name under my ruling? No, 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 no. We'll call it now one and done. So players are coming over here and haven't played one and done. We have two coming into the Hall of Fame this this week. Mm -hmm. So what do you call that? Uh, We'll just call it something. So you know, they've been holding and, and, my name and, up for 50 yeah. years on this. And, the, and yeah. the NBA players, the black players, they out here talking about uh, social justice and what all they do. They should correct that. They should correct that right away. And they can do it. All they have to do is make an amendment and, and just for the Players Association and call it what it is. It is Haywood versus the NBA. <laughs> Legally, on the uh, on the on, yeah on the on on the Supreme Court doc on the su- Supreme Court docket. This is one I gotta tell you. This is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the weekend that you're in 
uh, Springfield, Massachusetts at the Hall of Fame ceremony with the hope, and, you know, that, 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 that at least somebody uh, that, that will stand up there, especially with the two that are being entered into the Hall of Fame because of the Spencer Haywood uh, ruling, would at least acknowledge uh, you, you know, this is one of the things I always try to tell young, younger, young people. I don't care whether it's in business or sports or or whatever. You know, it, it, you honor those that came before you. Like you know, when we when 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 I was inducted into the um, Radio Hall of Fame, the first thing that I did uh, was to say, and and you're from Detroit, so you know what I'm getting ready to say. I said, there were people like Martha Jean, the queen. Hello. Yes, sir. Who, who came, yes, sir. who came before me, uh, that, that, and, and I, the list could go on and on Frankie Crocker and others who should be, uh, should not only should be, but should have been in this hall of fame before, uh, before I was inducted. You, you have to acknowledge the people who, by the way, sacrificed because that decision even though it was a, a unanimous decision if i'm correct it was unanimous no it was it was seven to two. Oh, i'm sorry seven to two yeah, it was seven to two and 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 it could have gone either way it could have re, it, it could have gone, gone anyway and i was done if i if i had lost i was finished i was basically almost finished by winning what do you and mean? Now the owners, the owners, not only the players benefited, but the owners had no where to pull to to expand to get players in the league because that four year rule had people falling by the wayside, waiting for four years. A number of things happened before they got to the NBA, and so the owners had no way to expand. Their franchises were averaging around a half a billion dollars at that time. Now they're up around four because of this ruling, because all of a sudden you have an opportunity to go out and get players, European players, all players, and bring them in early. So they were able to expand from 14 teams to 30 teams on the back of this guy picker. <laughs> <laughs> and they won't let me they won't let me get out of the trailer, Joe. It's it, it, it like I said, man. I, I I'm I'm hoping that this audience, you know, we're radioactive, but I'm hoping this audience will 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 recognize this, and you know, and that at some point, and even the people at ESPN, and uh, and and my good friend Stephen A. Smith, who I know is you know listens on a regular basis. Um, this 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 is extremely important because it's a it's a it's a landmark you know a decision. It, it, I've always said, what's the difference between a moment and a movement? And it's sacrifice. Movements require sacrifice. Exactly. And 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 you know you you said something just in in close just just a few, when you closed out that paragraph. If you had lost, that would have been it. What would what would Spencer Haywood? What would you have done? Gone back to Mississippi? Gone Go back, back to, to Detroit? Yeah, yeah. Now, now, two years before that, the 
basketball world was up in shambles. Well, what are we going to do for this 68 Olympics? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has, has decided not to play in the 68 Olympics for social justice. We have Elvin Hayes, who signed a pro contract. We have Wes Unsell, who signed his pro contract. We had Bob Lanier and other players who didn't, who, who didn't qualify. So they went and found me at the age of 19, broke their rule, and said, we will let this 19-year-old play as a freshman on the 68 Olympic team to save America from those commie Russians. So I get out there, save America, broke every record in the Olympic Games, set them, held it for 44 years, the most points in the history of the game until Durant comes shooting me out with three-pointers. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and we won the gold medal. We did everything. And I'm a national hero. Yes, he is the great American. Kid from down south through Detroit. What a perfect gentleman. And I was raised and trained by, you know, all of the great judges in Detroit. Will Robinson was my dad who raised me when I came up from Mississippi. So I was well-versed in everything because, you know, all of the judges that Ed Bell, all of those people were like, you know, let's make sure you are ready. And, Ed, yeah, yeah. And Ed Bell, Sam Gardner. I want yeah. to do something for myself. They said, no, you can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You mentioned names of people when I first came to Detroit that I just, I've almost, I haven't heard that name, Ed Bell and Sam Gardner and yeah, Damon yeah. Keith. Um, Damon, oh my God, he was teaching me so much stuff. I was like, I'm 16. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> But I caught it. I caught it later on, Joe. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, you, of course you did. And you, you know, I only have a couple. But this is interesting. You and I, and I know the answer to it because when I ran the NACP in Detroit, oh God, Detroit, it, it up as as Malcolm X used to say, up south. Um, uh, the, the 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 you what racism? I mean, what was what was going on? At the University of Detroit, what was I mean? I mean, here you are, like you said, you know, breaking records left and right, and people would think, well, you wouldn't have any difficulty in a good old northern industrial city like Detroit. I know, but you know, we had just came out of the riots in Detroit at that oh, time, that's right. and that's right. so we had Mayor Trump and all. We had. Uh, all of the the control was basically like under Republican control. And so it was like, you know, you people down here in the city, you do something and let's get straight here, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we did the right thing at the university, but the university had the reason they brought me there after my freshman year is they said, well, look, Will Robinson would get the job. He would become the first black coach in NC2A Division One, And they reneged on that deal. And he ended up being the first at Northern Illinois University. But it was just weird. And they were collecting money. And I couldn't even eat any food. I was like, man, I'm a growing guy. I need more food. They wouldn't give it up. What I can ask for your, your audience to do is I need the audience to petition the NBA and people to call into the NBA and to the Players Association. These are all black folks, the Players Association. We have Michelle Roberts, 
they can change this ruling immediately, and they should do it. This is the 50th anniversary of my ruling, 50 years, and players don't know who I am. Well, you can you can definitely. I'm going to tell you something. We will we will put this up on all our social media. I know my audience, and they're probably tweeting and facebooking and and, and doing it right now. But you're absolutely right. You the NBA, and 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 what's his name? The commissioner of the NBA seems uh, to come. Adam Silver. He seems to he be a seems, good person, but he's, just do it. You know, yeah. that's who they and should I, contact. You, yeah. you know, now, to be quite Michael candid. Jordan is speaking on behalf of Kobe this weekend. He is under the ruling. He should say, hey, we got 50-year anniversary of Spencer Haywood. He's sitting here. Kevin Garnett, he is under the ruling. He should say it. They got the podium. But I don't know. Well, you know what? I think, uh, well, this is Friday. The ceremony is... Uh, it's Saturday, Saturday. You know, yeah, and and uh, I, I, you know, you know somebody else I'm thinking of too, and we both know, and he's a at some point I I guess he'll be in the Hall of Fame, Chris Webber. Um, well, I got my fingers crossed because it might happen this weekend. Yeah, because you know he's yeah. a finalist. He's a finalist, and the announcement is on Sunday. Okay. For for those for those for the class of twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah. And I just I love me some Chris Weber. I've just, just been doing some stuff with Chris Weber and uh Dr. John Carlos. You know, Dr. John and I go back oh. to the sixty eight Olympics, so you know, that's my that's my road dog. <laughs> well, wait a minute, man. See, this is you you gotta understand. I'm a I'm, I'm, we're close in age, but I'm sort of the, the, the junior member here. I gotta be honest with you. One of my, this is a true story, true story. So we're broadcasting, what was it, 10 years ago in Palm Springs, because I'm out there dealing with prostate cancer treatment. And I'm, we're, so I did my show three in the morning, like, like I'm doing now, three in the morning. Um, and we're at a hotel, and we're doing the show from the hotel room. And the, the, the clerk at the hotel room uh, says, there's a Dr. Carlos who's out in the lobby, three in the morning, three in the, who wants to meet you. And I'm going, I, look, I don't know who some Dr. Carlos, what, you know, is this some crazy fan <laughs> or something? I don't know Dr. Carlos. I said, tell him I, I'm busy, I'm doing my show. So the clerk calls back Spencer and and says, um, well, the, you know, the, it, it's uh, Dr. John Carlos. And then I go, Dr. John Carlos? And I'm not thinking Palm Springs and John. And he said, to remind you, uh, the uh, 68 Olympics? I said, you are freaking kidding me. I didn't use the word. I said, you are kidding me. I mean, it was like to have a, 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 you know, one of your heroes, you know, and 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 we've been. You want to talk about road dog, man? You, you guys, uh, we we all are peas in a pod. I got to tell you because it's it's yeah. your experience, it's his experience, the Ali's of the world, 
the people who ended up on the right side of history, who I have come to emulate, admire, and love and appreciate uh, the sacrifices that you 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 make. And so I just wanted you to know that story. So when you talk to, uh, I'm going you talk to talk to him when we get off the air. Yeah, <laughs> you, he, he I told is, him uh, to use that. That not, I know he's a doctor, but just I'm John Carlos, and we re- we got you. That's right. That's all. If so he if they doctor, just said John like, Carlos, well, that's right. Minute, let's see. Yeah. Who is this Carlos dude? <laughs> That's like if somebody said, well, there's a Mr. Hayward outside. I'm going, okay. <laughs> but but, but well, here's you know, the John, point. Let me just say one thing. You know, John Carlos, Tommy Smith, George Foreman, Charlie Scott, all of us was there at the 68 Olympics, and it was some crazy stuff going on in, oh, that, yeah. in that Olympics. So one day we all need to come by and visit you. Well, you're welcome anytime, any day, uh, and it would, you know, first of all, just visiting on the broadcast uh, is, is, is my honor, my pleasure, and uh, enjoy the, the Hall of Fame, and we'll see if we can kick a little ass with the, with the Players Association. Uh, don't forget to call Stephen A. Smith. Oh, I got him. I mean, he's probably going to, now you want to talk about, he'll probably call me after this, but uh, I will definitely be uh, talking. And you know what? He ought to, we ought to set up, if if he's willing, you know, he ought to have you on his show. He's got a great new uh, broadcast and uh, and I'll recommend it to him. Yeah. Yeah, Hey, Spencer, enjoy the East Coast and and I'll look forward when all this uh, pandemic traveling is over to, Head into uh, to Vegas and 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 see you. But congratulations on, on on you know I'm still glad you're around to celebrate that 50th uh, anniversary. That's that's more important than any anything else. And thank you so much for being with us. Love you okay. and enjoy Love the uh, enjoy the ceremony. God bless, man. Thank you. God bless. We'll con- We'll continue here on uh, Sirius XM Urban View. So, you guys, you have your marching orders. I mean, really, you know what you should do, and that is, uh, what, what's the NBA commissioner? Silver. I mean, Silver. Silver. You, uh, yeah, you should be wearing his social media out. You should be wearing his social media out. And I would hope that my uh, friend, uh, and you know what, we're going to send this interview, uh, Sam, Daryl, let's send it to Stephen A. Smith and uh, and make sure that he is uh, conscious of this, too. All right, guys, let's we'll continue. Don't go anywhere. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.